we just get Miami Vice on television. Hey man, Miami Vice is number one new show. <laughs> Travel back in time to the 80s, reliving the bravado. That's right, that's right, we're bad. Uh, uh, uh. The bosses. You're a sexist, egotistical, lying, hypocritical bigot. So I have a few faults, who doesn't? Is that any reason to kill me? And the beverages. I'm a little slow today, I just switched to Sanka, so have a heart. Because just like you, we're stuck in the 80s. Can you say stuck in the 80s? In the 80s time, this is your host, Steve Spears with TampaBay.com. Our special guest today, Mr. Chase Squires. Hey, Listen, hello. pal. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if the music doesn't give it away, we are talking about Miami Wise. <laughs> no, Miami Vice, the classic, dare I say classic, must I say classic TV show I, of the Miami 80s? Vice, without a doubt, is probably one of the most important television shows, uh, if not the most important show out of the 80s. Of all time, even? Uh, very close, along with Lucy, um, the Honeymooners, you... Show of Shows. I think you have to take Miami Vice up in that level. Fantastic. Well, we're here today. We're going to talk about Miami Vice. We're going to talk about the history of the show, how it came to be, the effect it had on fashion, the effect it had on music. And uh, Chase is here because our usual host, uh, Sean Daly, is... Incarcerated. Well, incarcerated. I know. Again, we're going to bail him out. Parole later. violations will catch up to you eventually. <laughs> That's right. Kids, pay that bondsman. <laughs> yeah. And uh, the other regular host, Gina Vivanetto, is still in the mend, and we'll have her back in a couple weeks, we hope. But uh, until hey, fu- then. funny story about uh, about paying your your probation. Uh, <laughs> I did have some legal entanglements a while back, and it was put on probation. And you have to pay them forty nine dollars a month. It has to be by money order. It can't be by personal check or cash. So you go to where you can get free money orders, Amscot, and you go in there and you get your money order for 49 bucks. And as soon as they see $49, what did you do? <laughs> Today's podcast brought to you by Amscot. <laughs> when you've been bad, <laughs> we'll be good. <laughs> All right. Oh, there we go. So there's that. Oh, it's a good, good is that a wrap to, to, to crime uh, because Miami Vice was about uh, – it's a morality play about uh, good and bad, crime, punishment. Uh, the desires, sex. the wants, the needs, the sex. Sex. It's about the human condition. I know you love this show, and because we've had you on the podcast before, and you just wax poetically about it. Yeah. And I'll admit, I wax I, on and wax <laughs> off. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, you know, I've I've always been on the record saying I've never been a big Miami Vice fan. But then uh, the chaser here uh, lends me his uh, collection of season one DVDs. So for the last five days, I've been doing nothing but sitting at home, vegging out on the couch. Watching these shows, and I'm I'm totally hooked. And you know what it is? Welcome to my world. <laughs> I'm hooked, man. Now, now it's like, now I'm like bummed that it's canceled. I mean, I have to start buying. Every- <laughs> yes. Send a petition. Let me know how that works. Yeah. For you. And the worst thing is, here's the, here's the other thing is, I, I maybe saw like half the episodes of season one uh, from Chase's DVD, but I have to give it back now. 
because this hoser is leaving yes. the the company. So tell tell them what's going on. Oh, well, leaving uh, leaving Florida, which seems sounds like a sin, but uh, you can have the uh, the high insurance rates and the hurricanes. And uh, I'm going to run in the mountains. That's uh, sort of my my passion is running and going to Colorado to uh, work for the Associated Press and run up and down mountains. Ah, say hi to the Unabomber for us. <laughs> That's Montana, but close <laughs> enough. Thank yeah, you for playing. Mountains, mountains, <laughs> mountains. <laughs> yes. I love the mountains. So back to Miami Vice, if we can. We've we've almost talked about Miami Vice for Are we done talking about Miami so Vice? Yeah. We're done with Miami Vice. What about me? Anyway, next week's podcast. <laughs> Brought to you by M. Scott. So what were you a fan from season one? Uh, like were you a fan from yeah. straight on out? Yeah, yeah. I mean this this show came out in eighty four. Um I was a senior in high school in the Northeast. And um, this show is I, I did get a chance finally to meet my idol, Don Johnson, uh, last year. And I told him, this show was responsible for a Yankee almost freezing himself to death, walking around in linen pants, no socks, in the middle of January in Boston. It's, you know, we thought we were cool. Yeah. What, did you tell him that? Yeah. What did he say? That's great. <laughs> <laughs> nice to meet you. <laughs> <laughs> Not a big talker, the Don. Is he, now you've been TV critic here for what? A little over, almost a year and a half. Year and a half. Yeah. So is he? Is he of all the people you've met? Was he the one person you really wanted to meet the most? Yeah, yeah. There's no question, Don Johnson. I mean, just because he he really he's the reason I moved to Florida. I mean, I fell in love. You, you grow up in Massachusetts where it's 33 degrees and raining from October through the end of May. And you see this magical world of Miami and the cool people and the, the cool clothes and it's warm all the time. And that's all you want to do is, is move to Florida. So he was probably the, the guy I was most eager to, to shake hands with. And it was a thrill. Really? It really was a lot of fun. Now, I heard he, he kind of almost has adopted or he did it for a while, adopt the persona of his character. In the, in the 80s and, and even into the 90s a little bit, I think, yeah, he did get swallowed up. But that's what it's like living undercover, man. <laughs> it's hard to, you know, resist becoming the persona. I mean, you see that theme reflected in, uh, in the show and in the movie, uh, which is one of the reasons we're talking about oh, this. Oh, that's right. So, Miami Vice, the movie is coming out. Michael Mann is back remaking the movie with Colin Farrell and Jamie Foxx uh, this summer. It'll be out in July. But um, the, the movie, in, its, um, in sort of the introduction, actually discusses what a lot of people have already known, that when you go undercover, you know, that the difficulties of maintaining your morality, being a cop, but living in, a, in an undercover world and an undercover role. That's interesting. You know, I, you know what I was going to say earlier, too, about Miami. You realize, because you've lived in Florida now for, what, a few years, you realize that Miami is Miami, and then there's the rest of Florida <laughs> yes. with the palmetto bugs and the uh, cut-off jeans and the... Uh, yeah, my chicken wings. The rest of Florida is not quite as hip as no, Miami, no. and is uh, yeah, it's uh, more like hee haw. I think for a large part of Florida. <laughs> now you're talking about Jacksonville. <laughs> for our international listeners, uh, you got to understand that there's there is Miami, which is a little country unto itself almost, and then there's the rest of Florida. And Miami hates the rest of Florida, and the rest of Florida hates Miami. Yeah, so that's, that's pretty that's much, pretty much dead on. And, and English is not the primary language no, in Miami. It's really not not um, anymore. If you go there, you'll, you'll really see you that. better be speaking Spanish. Yeah. What, what is interesting, though, about Miami Vice, and we were talking about this a little earlier, um, when the show came on, Miami's image wasn't this uh, international destination. It was an, an aging flower. I mean, it was really beat up, run down. Um, the uh, Liberty City riots were making news. That's right. Mariel boat lift. This place was a, a dead-end, swampy dump. And... Michael Mann came in with a couple of buildings on South Beach that looked halfway decent. They, they remade them into the set and sort of made Miami into this hot spot. And I talked with a professor from uh, Miami-Dade Community College last year about this. And he went on to tell me that 
you know, living there at the time, the show was a hit, and people in Miami saw the show, saw their city reflected in the show, and said, oh, yeah, that's what we want to be, and began renovating their city to look like the show. And and you can see that influence today down uh, on South Beach. South Beach is a whole new – it's completely – Largely because of Miami Vice right. said it's cool, and everybody said, oh, yeah, let's make it cool. It's ironic because I, I was watching the – Special features of the DVD, and they were mentioning the fact that Miami didn't wasn't too hot about the idea of basing this no. cop show in Miami, and they were really not happy about calling it Miami Vice. They wanted to call it like Miami Dade PD or something, you know, something really friendly. Yeah, I'll watch that. Like I'd watch a show about crime scene investigators. Yeah, that'll, <laughs> yeah, that'll, that'll work. never fly. <laughs> yeah, that'd be crazy. Basing some loser see like Vegas and <laughs> run on Sunday night at ten o'clock and forget about it. It's interesting you mentioned Vegas because uh, Michael Mann's big uh, big show before Miami Vice. Was Vegas Dan oh. Tana and the big, oh, big yeah. Thunderbird from the seventies? Yep. Didn't he also? Didn't Michael Mann also do To Live and Die in L.A.? Did a lot of yeah. He, he's had a real yeah. good run, um, and and maybe later we'll talk about some of the people from Miami Vice and uh, what they've gone on not to do. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let's. So you're talking about Philip Michael Thomas? Philip Michael Thomas. <laughs> let's just pull it out right now and show oh, everyone what it poor, is. Poor Philip Michael Thomas. Um, this, his albums. Uh, yes, he made more than one. Uh, never, never reached the critical acclaim that Don Johnson's "Heartbeat" uh, did. <laughs> I forgot about that. A number five hit in the eighties. Want to feel a heartbeat? <laughs> Basically, what he's saying, to quote VH1, is that he'll do it with anyone who isn't dead. <laughs> well, not a selective guy. Uh, but Philip Michael Thomas uh, never, never did achieve that level of musical uh, stardom. Uh, his albums didn't sell well. Living the Book of My Life was his 85 album, uh, which was his biggest hit. Uh, he went on to become the spokesman for the Psychic Readers Network in 1994, but was was dethroned by Miss Cleo. <laughs> How are you going to compete with Miss Cleo? She had that you know, Jamaican accent. You know, when I was watching, when I watched the fr- pilot of the of the series the other day for the first time, my favorite scenes always involved Philip Michael Thomas. Uh, he was and fantastic. My, so why? Why did he we don't why know. did he crash and burn? I think he was one of those actors who was fantastic in that show. That was his element. Wow. And and he never could uh, learn to you know walk on land. I mean, he, he just never made it. Made the next step. Um, I hear there's a drinking game where you have to drink every time he breaks into a Jamaican accent by, <laughs> for no reason whatsoever. <laughs> Got to be cool, man. <laughs> yeah. He's like, oh, everyone do a shot. <laughs> well, every I time would... Don Johnson says pal, uh, and every time it. Castillo says, Crockett dubs in my office. <laughs> drink. I love. I, I think I loved the show from the moment that I saw uh, Philip Michael Thomas do uh, lip syncing uh, "Somebody's Watching Me" by Rockwell <laughs> in the strip club in Miami. I'm like, oh, it's very frightening that you even know the Rockwell uh, name. But... Are you kidding me? I'm an idiot savant when it comes to the '80s. <laughs> you got so part of it right anyway. Idiot, yeah. yeah. So there's ah, that. There you go. There's a curveball for you. <laughs> now, Philip Michael Thomas now um, is working with his uh, third live-in, third or fourth live-in girlfriend. Um, and he does something called Sacha, uh, the musical review, wrote children's books, um, and he claims to have earned a doctorate's degree in arts from Shaw University in North Carolina in 1997. So he seems to be in a happy place in his life. His, well, that's good. His show played in New York City last, last fall. But uh, it's interesting that neither he nor Don Johnson will really openly talk about Miami Vice, uh, despite... Very persistent reporters from the St. Pete Times <laughs> calling their agents and hounding them and their publicity people. And uh, Didn't they actually help you get this job out in Colorado so you would stop asking them questions? <laughs> yes, <laughs> Don Johnson's uh, reach extends. It's like a yeah. global network it's of like tentacles. Calderon. That's right. <laughs> he reached right out there. <laughs> 
the uh, Don Johnson on the line for you, Mr. Smithers. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. The uh, now now Don Johnson's career, meanwhile, he, he's, he's done okay. Yeah, he's done okay. Uh, most recently, well, he had Nash Bridges, which had a nice strong run with Cheech. And uh, which was interesting because Tommy Chong was a guest star uh, on one episode of Miami Vice, uh, and then he went on to start with Cheech. Uh, in in uh, Nash Bridges had a pretty strong run. Were you a big fan of that show? Not a big fan. Um, I like Don Johnson a lot as an actor, but I just want to see him in warm places, not cold, wet places. I don't know. It's just me. When I think of Don Johnson, the only two words come to mind: Tin Cup, Tin Cup, and not my favorite golf movie. Man, see, I think of a boy and his dog. Uh, do you remember that movie? <laughs> no, I don't think so. She was good, wasn't she? Yes, delicious. Uh, Don Johnson <laughs> uh, and his talking that one dog. Take. <laughs> <laughs> John Johnson and a talking dog in a post-apocalyptic world, wandering uh, the scorched earth, um, and they end up eating a person. So there's that. I didn't well, want to wreck it for you, but okay. Well, so there was a movie worse than Tin Cup. Hey, this was a <laughs> cult classic. Yeah, Tin Cup is beloved by our film critic here, Steve Persaud. Well, <laughs> no accounting for taste there. <laughs> But uh, what's he up to these days? Did uh, he, he have a series he a, that was... He, well, you can't call two shows a series, but <laughs> he was supposed to be a series uh, called Just Legal um, with a guy named Baruchel. Uh, he was the kid who played the sort of the slow kid in the movie Million Dollar Baby. He and Don Johnson teamed up. It was a lawyer show based in Venice, in, in not Italy. <laughs> yeah, that's great. <laughs> I object to your honor. <laughs> yeah. no, no, based in California, and uh, it only aired like two or three times. Wasn't terrible. I, I didn't object to it, but uh, apparently the rest of the world did. <laughs> well, that'll do it for you every yeah. time. Now, didn't he have some... the. Apart from his acting career, didn't he have some? He had a marriage to Melanie Griffith. We had a couple of marriages to Melanie Griffith. Oh, okay. Everybody we, should have a couple of marriages to Melanie Griffith. I'm in. And uh, it broke up largely because of what? There was some talk about alcoholism problems. Uh, uh, the, the, the tabloids will talk. <laughs> I'm not one to gossip. <laughs> not on the air, anyway. <laughs> Come see me later. Yeah. Uh, both are lovely people, and I understand that uh, they, they uh, share custody of their daughter and that things are fine. They were actually both uh, in, uh, in L.A. together at the same uh, gathering of television critics last summer because they both had new shows. And uh, they came on stage like one after the other, and they were both uh, basically said, I wish them a lot of success and were cordial. So things, <laughs> things seem to be – at least they're, they're not at the knife-throwing level. Good. Well, I, I mean them no harm. But the uh, the TV show itself. What was your favorite part of it? Do you think it was the? It wasn't the acting, obviously. <laughs> it was it was the you, vibe, um, the music, what was the fashion. What was important about Miami Vice was all of that. It was a clean break from the '70s to the '80s, and it defined what we would accept as television in the '80s. Uh, no more brown. Hill Street Blues was brown. Uh, even except for the red car, Starsky and Hutch was brown. Leather jackets, brown buildings, New York, dark, depressing. And then we get into Miami Vice, which was color and music, and it showed that a television show could be made like a movie with musical interludes and montages, and it was a feeling that it gave you. Some, some, uh, there was a rumor that the whole series started because somebody scrawled a memo that said MTV Cops. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly – it came on the, on the back of a napkin. Right. Um, and then the, the other part was that Jan Hammer's famous theme, which we heard coming into this, right. was basically penned in – you know, nothing but uh, a few minutes, um, something that he jotted down and took off with. So everything seemed to be blessed for this uh, this series just you, from the start. I read somewhere that that was the only instrumental TV theme song to ever reach number one on the U.S. charts. Bizarre. Yeah, that is bizarre. Because, you know, I was always partial to Welcome Back, but I guess that's not yeah, Or Hogan's Heroes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Big hit in the, in the Sudetenlander. Yes. Yeah, I'm going to so. download that to my iPod as soon as I get out of this thing. I'm sorry. <laughs> that is the hell. But uh, that is one of the great things when you're watching those shows is the music that they um, – it's, it's almost like they break into an MTV video for yeah. a couple minutes every yeah, time. And this, was, and this was at the time of the birth of MTV. I mean, this is what when we come home from school and watch MTV, watch music videos for three hours. I mean, people don't do that anymore. Let's listen to one of the great songs that you hear early on in season one, You Belong to the City. Fantastic. Great song. Great song. You, you can just, just see that's the mood. In the Ferrari, cruising down Bayshore, you know, with the, the just that vibe going. Yeah. It's, it's I, I was surprised. I was looking at a list of all the uh, musicians who have ever appeared in oh, the series. Ted Nugent. Tina Phil, Turner. Phil Collins. Sheena E. Frankie Goes to Hollywood. Oh, God, I, I, I had blotted that out. Foreigner. <laughs> the Hooters. Can I bring up can one, block, uh, one of my, my all-time favorite episode starring sure. a musician, music star? Sure. James Brown in season four <laughs> in The Missing Hours. It's a, he's a space alien who craves peanut butter. And <laughs> You're kidding. I, am, I would not make that up. It is absolutely fantastic. And it leaves you at the end, unlike the, you know, the usual space alien episode where it didn't really happen. Yeah. At the end of this one, it really did happen. Um, and it also features Chris Rock. In his first television appearance ever. Wow. As an intern who's like a UFO freak. And he's just walking, you know, Don Johnson's, I can't make heads or tails of this. And Chris Rock comes in and says, oh, it's very easy. Just look it up, you know, in this. And sure enough, that, that was it. And I approached Chris Rock uh, last summer and said, you know, hey, are you going to have a cameo on the Miami Vice movie? And he said, no, they already cast. I'm not, you know, I, I don't know anything about Miami Vice. I said, man, it was your first, it was your first movie, your TV appearance. And he thought, Oh, my God. He said, I've forgotten all about that. <laughs> oh, jeez. I forget that. Again, blotting it out of his memory. But. Yeah, well. Do you think that was the official jump the shark moment for uh, the series when yeah, you have a, a space alien with uh, <laughs> the Godfather of Soul? In it? I would argue that Miami Vice never jumped the shark. Surely they, they jumped a shark. <laughs> <laughs> or else they did it on purpose. They, yeah. they intentionally jumped a shark. shark. Put on the leather jacket, donned the skis, and headed yeah. for the ramp. There's Calderon over there. <laughs> Uh, Let me get these skis on and jump over the Shark Tank. <laughs> uh, that was certainly an unusual direction for them to take. I think that that where the show really wound down was when Castillo got all samurai on us, and we started having these Castillo centric uh, Edward James almost things where he's meditating and swinging a samurai sword. And Castillo is he was the lieutenant. Ed- uh, lieutenant Castillo is their boss. Played by uh, Edward James Olmos. Ah, fantastic. Uh, yeah, who's, who's gone on to have a starring role in the Battlestar Galactica <sighs> television show. Yes, my yes. favorite. Yes, I'm I was actually, just going to say geek television. You know sure, what? no, that's good. I own, a, I own a video iPod now. The only, th- the only thing I've ever downloaded video-wise is the entire second season of Battlestar Galactica. Lives at home in his mother's basement, <laughs> folks. Uh, I didn't know if we were going to bring that up, but uh, it's that's true. true. It's true. I sit at home at night watching Battlestar Galactica on a two-inch screen. <laughs> 
You can go blind doing that, you know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> One of many things. One of many things. Yeah. I noticed you're wearing glasses today. I like uh, I like Edward James almost. I think I think when he comes to the series, suddenly it drops sort of kind of its uh oh, you know, semi humorous yeah. sidetracks and suddenly he he has a dark element, a brooding. Real, yeah, I like it. I think without him, I don't think it's nearly as good. No, it. it I think he was a huge improvement. Uh, there were you know a lot of side characters on there that, that and just a background that that really made the show what it was. And uh, you know you got Zwitek, and <laughs> and I, I brought a thing along here with, with John Deal who played uh, Detective Larry Zito, and you think who the heck was he? His body of work, when you look him up on IMDb, is absolutely astounding. This guy has worked apparently seven days a week ever since <laughs> Miami Vice. He's like the only actor to come out of here who's worked intensely that, since Miami Vice. Well, that's Vice. what's really bizarre. When you, look at, when you look at a lot of the stars from the 80s, even ones who they had like a short, brief career, you know, like an Andrew McCarthy, you know, anybody from the, any one of the lower-tiered Brat Pack actors, and you think, my God, they've just disappeared into the ether. No, go look them up on IDB, and you realize yeah. that they've got like 300 screen credits since then, but yeah. they're all in like uh, cheesy... A lot of supporting roles in yeah. cheesy movies, like you said. Yeah, yeah. They, I mean, just to work in Hollywood, you get, you get paid top dollar, you know, what, we, what the rest of us would consider top dollar. Um, and you can make a living just being a guest star. Uh, did they ever actually make a movie? Now, the pilot for the series was back in... 84. Right. Was that actually a movie? It was movie? actually a movie, yeah. It was actually in the theaters. No, no. It was a tele- made-for-TV movie. Okay, and it was, um, it was two hours long. A two-hour movie, and, and you... it became the pilot for the show. And when it starts out, Sonny is in Miami by himself. Right. And he's joined by... Uh, by Tubbs. By Tubbs. Yeah, Tubbs comes down looking uh, as imp- impersonating a cop. And the cop is actually his brother who was killed by this gang lord who's got Calderon. ties to Miami, right? Yeah, we're going to say it 300 times. We might as well explain Calderon. Calderon. That's yeah. right. Drink. Do they ever find Calderon, by the way? God. Don't ruin it for me. I, I, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I can't remember. Calderon just became a, a synonymous for gangster of the week. Gangster of the week. I mean, he's always popping up. They'd come this close and yeah. then they'd lose him. And they, really, he nobody really cared if they solved any of the crimes on my device. You got to let go of that aspect of solving the crime. I know. Who the hell cares? I know. Just it's, shoot it's, somebody. it's hard to watch a TV show that's twenty for the first time when it's twenty years old because you're, you're you're holding today's standards to it. But uh, I was watching the movie the other day, and uh, you you come across the infamous scene where uh, Tubbs and uh, Crockett finally decide they're going to form a partnership. You right. Want, you want to hear the clip? Yeah, let's do I that. I have saved it for you. Oh, wonderful. Let's hear that. You and Calderon. Roll that beautiful, beautiful bean footage. <laughs> uh, I don't know how this is going to work, Tubbs. I mean, uh, you're not exactly up my alley, style and persona-wise. Heaven knows I'm no box of candy. <laughs> but all things considered, I think we might have to consider some sort of temporary working relationship. Ah, the temporary relationship would last, what, five years? The That's what lasted? I'm talking about, acting right there. That's and an great. interesting thing, I, I said that uh, Phil Michael Thomas hadn't done a lot of work. He actually plays Lance Vance, the voice in uh, Grand Theft Auto Vice City, which is uh, one of the computer games basically based on Miami Vice. And uh, he does the voice of Lance Vance, who's a, a gangster that you create a partnership with. So it's, And Lance Crackers, for that matter. <laughs> Lance in your pants. <laughs> Lance. Uh, yeah. Uh, I think he was the one pushed for that particular uh, motto. <laughs> so, uh, what do you have a favorite episode from yeah. the series? Yeah, what? the, the fa- my favorite novelty episode, as I said, was the space alien James Brown. But the, the favorite real episode, um, I guess, 
would be the Smuggler's Blues episode with Glenn Fry. Ah, just a, a beautiful piece, and it I came gotta in. hear. I gotta hear the song. Oh, let's let's do it. Cue it up, Maestro. Glenn's the man. Uh, it, the song tied right into the show, right into the uh, image of Miami and the idea of the cocaine cowboys. Was that song popular before? Did that song become before? Well, pretty much simultaneous. I mean, that was a huge song back then. Yeah, it was just, and it was a giant video on MTV as well. I mean, it was just a, a real explosion. And Glenn Fry really was breaking free on his own at, at that point. Did the, did the video on MTV incorporate some of the Miami Vice footage? I, don't, I can't remember. God, I can't remember. That's I, good. It should have. Yeah, if you know the answer to that question, blog us at uh, blogs.tampabay.com and uh, let us know because we're yeah. If anybody's got a clip of that video, oh, man, man I'd love that to see that gold. Again. So, but uh, it's a it's a classic scene where you, where they walk into the airplane hangar and they see uh, Jimmy Glenn, Jimmy Glenn Fry up there oh, rocking out on his guitar, man, just just jamming. Oh, he's getting into it, and then they get into this big discussion: Will he fly him there, and what will he do? And, right, and and we hear in this, which leads to this uh, funny clip. Uh, that we'll listen to now. I'm real good at what I do. I don't come cheap, you know. I take you where you want to go. I wait so many hours. And I'm a memory. And also, I ain't John Wayne. I don't have an S on my chest. Okay, I'm down with you cats if the play calls for it. But otherwise, I ain't into violence. Ah, uh, great Jimmy, clip. Jimmy, Jimmy. Don't do violence, man. Don't do violence. Not into violence. <laughs> that episode just has everything in it. There's this great scene where they're down and, and they have to fly to South America to Cartagena. buy the <laughs> Cartagena. <laughs> and then they're dealing with the boss. Which I maintain, by the way, was also shot on South Beach. <laughs> yeah. It looked it about like, the same. Wow. Throw a couple newspapers around. <laughs> Aha, voila, Cartagena. They've got the uncredited little kid dancing for For spare change. I couldn't figure out. And Miami Vice was big on that. They would just throw you these weird, an image. wasn't supposed to be anything, just an image. Let it wash over you. Go with it. Don't try to dissect it. It was just a beautiful scene. I know, because I I cornered you yesterday in the newsroom, and I'm like, what the heck is a little kid dancing around? Why is he chasing the car? Why is he on the table? And Chase is like... Calm down, dude. Let it go. <laughs> you have to just, it's like, uh, you know, from that movie, um, The Big Chill. Sometimes you just have to let art wash over you. Yes, it washed over me, it did. I, I got to agree, that's one of my, my favorite scenes, too. Ah, the magical music of Name That 80s Tune. You familiar with this uh, segment, yes, Mr. Yes, Chase Meister? Um, sadly, if it wasn't done regular airplay on MTV, I probably don't know it. Uh, well, you might luck out. You never know. Anyway, this is the uh, weekly show where we uh, weekly show weekly segment where we listen to a piece of an '80s song. If you know it, you email us and you give us the artist name and the song name. You win a new car. You win a new car. Chase's car, actually. <laughs> Since he's only going to be running in, in Colorado, we don't. He doesn't need a car, so he's, so that Yugo is is, is, right. is up for it. Quality this, work, you know. The best money, best car the Times could afford. In Czechoslovakia, you can get them. You can trade them for a pair of pants. Yeah. Right. So uh, last week's song, 
uh, nobody actually got it for the it was, first time ever. Wasn't it Thomas Dolby? Wasn't it? Come on, <laughs> yeah. jeez, people, where are you? What? That's, that's, that's you were in the eighties, man. <laughs> that's I just just for uh, just for giggles. Here, here's here's the tune that nobody got. Aha. Need I say more? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> look at him over there. It's Airwaves by Thomas Dolby, and we were going to give you some some tips and, and let you try to struggle with it for one more week, but uh, we decided. Oh, to, nobody we, told me that. I'm sorry. No, 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 no. We weren't going to do it. No, we were going to. We have a new one set for this week. We decided that nobody even came close on their guesses, so we thought, no, nah, let's just let it go. But uh, Thomas Dolby is touring right now. He's back back at it. He's out in L.A. doing a or out in California doing a West Coast tour right now. Thomas so. Dolby did that rodeo song with all the cursing in it, didn't he? No, <laughs> I guess that was a different. No, never mind. My bad. <laughs> I'm mixing him up with Showdown, that Canadian band. It's close though. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh my God! Got to lay off them smokes. <sighs> I tell you what, <laughs> it was counter room. <laughs> the uh, um, so. No one wins this week. Our hats are safe. Actually, what you win is a baseball cap. But uh, we do have a new tune for you this week, and the maestro shall cue it up now. Ah, tricky, I think. I missed it. I'm sorry. You want to play one more time? <laughs> sure. Here we go. That's tough. Oh, you know, got it, it that so- time. It sounds like so many different songs from the 80s. It so, does. Uh, National Anthem was my first guess, but <laughs> I think I'm... I'm, I'm ah, from the... Uh, I'm blanking. Speaking of... National Anthem makes me think of the 80s movie. I don't know if this is an 80s movie or not. American Anthem. Did you ever see that? Awful. Don't. Never, never did see it. It's a, it's a movie that tries to turn gymnastics into sort of a rock and roll kind of an epic How did thing. that work for him? Flashdance comes to mind. Uh, no? oh. Gretzky's wife. Was yeah. her name. What's her name? Uh, the gambling one. Pete Rose. Isn't that her name? <laughs> yeah, no, I'm it. sorry. You got it. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, if you think you know this week's tune, email us at stuckinthe80s at tampabay.com. And uh, send us the name of the song, name of the artist, you if you're one of the ones staple who Staple those answers to a photo of yourself nude, yeah. if you would. We'll, we'll forward those along to uh, Chase out, out west, and he, <laughs> yeah. and he will decide the winner. Yes. <laughs> but uh, we'll let you know next week if uh, who won. But in the meantime, let us digress no more. We will return to uh, the topic at hand, Miami Vice. I have got some killer trivia questions for the uh. chaser here, because... Everyone knows he, you know, he is the master of, of time and space, or at least television. So I got to sure tell you, will I didn't really pay these. that much attention to, to details, though. So. <laughs> that's what your editor said. Yeah, you know, that's sort of the, the story of my life. <laughs> but uh, you know, I think you're going to get these. These they are working broad easy. strokes. You know, I put these on my blog the other day, and nobody, nobody got them. Yeah, How hard they, can it they be? Were tough. It was, it was the tough most ones. popular show in, uh, for five years. Well, actually, it wasn't the most popular show for five years. No, it was up there, though. It was very popular, and it, and it really did hold the popularity. Right. And you should have said the time period, too, by the way. It was on Friday nights at 10 o'clock. That's it, why I never saw it. And a lot of people – but I know that when I was in college, uh, we would actually stay – we would go out, come back, watch it, and then go back out. Uh, that explained a lot. But <laughs> I think season two was where it peaked at number nine on the, for the season. But other than that, it was usually in the 20s. Yeah, that's American not... Idol was kicking its ass for a lot of it. <laughs> yeah. God, thank God. That's a... How much longer are we going to be tortured with that particular show? We uh, TV critics sort of joke and say, well, it can't last. And we were out there at um, a convention this, this January when the first one debuted. And the numbers came in at 33 million. And we all kind of hung our heads and <laughs> realized it's going to be around for a long time. Which, which, which will last longer, um, Survivor or American Idol? Uh, Survivor, I think, has more potential, and I think it's more interesting. But American Idol just outdraws it two to one. So, I I, I got to say, American Idol's apparently here to stay. <laughs> but you're more of a Survivor fan. I'm right? definitely a Jeff yeah. Probst guy. Yeah, Sur- I mean Survivor. <laughs> <laughs> Not that I'm stalking Jeff Probst. 
I, I was bummed last week when Bruce gets knocked out. Yeah, I liked Bruce. Yeah, I really thought he had a potential to go to the final three, but uh, we digress yet again. You are not getting away from this. Here are the trivia questions that I have compiled for you. Okay, here we go. Sonny Crockett was a former college football player before he became a cop. What school did he play for, and why didn't he pursue a pro football career? Yeah, he went to the University of Florida. Sweet. And he got uh, drafted and sent to Vietnam, didn't he? Yep, that's it. He's the man. Here's this one. This one, no one is going to get. Edward not sure. G- when you when you go to college, weren't you like exempt from the draft? Wasn't that the whole theme of Animal House? Well, plus, okay, you're thinking, wouldn't the Vietnam War been over by at least ten years at that point? I mean, had he been a cop for that long? Well, Vietnam. His Vietnam buddies are a continuing theme throughout the show. You actually, they come back. They're drug addicted. They're always getting into trouble. So, yeah, I think they must have researched that pretty carefully, <laughs> <laughs> or not. Oh, you know what's not researched so well? At one point in the first season. His girlfriend is over at his boat, and she pops up wearing only his football jersey, wearing number 53, which a wide receiver would, would never wear. Yeah. That is confined to interior linemen only. As a, you cannot wear 53 and be a wide receiver. The, um, Don Johnson can. <laughs> Don Johnson can, can do whatever he wants, pal. Uh, number two, Edward James almost joins the cast in season one as Lieutenant Castillo. Yeah. What was the name of the previous lieutenant, and what happened to him? Uh, was that, let me think, uh, was that Lieutenant, I, I couldn't tell you, actually. I <laughs> thought I had it written on my cheat sheet, but I don't. I know what who, did happen to him? Cause I, we, know who, I, I know who played him. I think it was Gregory Sierra. Well, I didn't like him. He was killed off. One of only two characters to ever be killed off in that series. Larry Zito was the other yeah, one. Yeah, you got yeah. it. I was going to say, <clears throat> trick question coming up. What kind of car did Crockett drive? Drove a Ferrari in the beginning, um, and then they blew it up and gave him an updated Ferrari Testarossa. Right, because he... Originally had a Ferrari Daytona Spider, but the car that was actually used on the show was a modified uh, Corvette. Yeah, it was uh, custom the, made. Right, and the Ferrari people were very unhappy about yeah. that, and they offered to give them a Testarossa, and then, voila, Testarossa yeah. appear. Do you remember how he got rid of it? No. Uh, it was during an episode where he was he parked selling... outside the orange bowl. <laughs> 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 That's how I usually try to get rid of cars. <laughs> Amazing how well you don't even have to leave the keys in there or anything. <laughs> He was selling uh, undercover selling weapons, uh, rocket launchers, to uh, some, some bad guys. And they said, let's test it out. And they turned around and pointed at his car and blew it up. Oh, gee. That'll happen. Boy, that would be shocking. To see yeah, I told the insurance company that's what happened to mine. I... You ready for an easy one? Yes. The, what were the na- undercover aliases for Crockett and Tubbs? Oh, one was... Oh, Burnett? No. It was Sonny Burnett. Yeah, Sonny Burnett. Sonny Burnett. And what was the other one? The Jamaican guy was he? Well, he he was Jamaican, but sometimes he was Italian, and sometimes he was uh, just some schmo <laughs> from Philadelphia. As soon as you say it, I'm going Rico Cooper. Rico Cooper, jeez, no, I wouldn't. But doesn't have got he look that. like a Rico Cooper? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, last question, and this this refers to, of course, the quote we hear at the very beginning of this podcast in the 2004 movie Euro Trip. Miami Vice is the number one new show in what country? You got to start seeing better movies, dude. <laughs> Bratislava. Bratislava. That's right. Bratislava. To actually, it's Slovakia, the city of Bratislava. Whoa, trick question, dude. So, trick no, that's question. okay. No one's going to get that. But, uh, but I guess Bratislava, like us, are stuck in the 80s. And, uh, but you're not going to be stuck in the 80s anymore. So we're gonna... No, we're going to be stuck in the, stuck in the mountains. Stuck and the... Uh, go out there. Come out and see me out, out in the uh, Rocky Mountain. Hi, John Denver. Uh, Albe- this is a really scary little trivia piece about me. When I learned I got the job out in Colorado, I actually went to my Russian music downloading site, allofmp3.com, <laughs> and downloaded the best of John Denver. You didn't. I am ashamed. but. <laughs> I was so it's, happy. Are you kidding me? I, I take I take it all back then. You need to go. 
<laughs> I just can't be friends with somebody who's listening to. Should uh, John I sing Denver. on the outcoach? Rocky Mountain High in Colorado. Oh. <laughs> Did I ruin the ending? Oh. <laughs> until until Chase uh, graces us with his presence again on our blog. He we, will remain stuck in Colorado. I will. We remain stuck in the 80s. Sean remains stuck in the pen. And we will see you all again next week here on Stuck, stuck in, the in the 80s. Stuck in the 80s is produced by the online departments of the St. Petersburg Times and TBT. The weekly podcast is engineered by Mr. Dave Morrison. Special thanks to David Peterkowski for our show opener. If you'd like to blog us, please do. Our blog address is www.tampabay.com slash blogs slash 80s. And remember, you can subscribe to the show at iTunes. He was born in the summer of his 27th. I'm like, that's me, man. Going home to a place he'd never been before.